Good morning and welcome to Emmet Audio. Today is going to be a slightly different situation. Um, I woke up this morning to a comment from Marlon Machado down in Brazil on somebody's post uh, recommending that they listen to Emmet Audio here uh, if they want to think more critically about how they can use Instagram and social media in general to build a business in craft. And rather than, um, so then I thought, well, I would sort of talk about the various points that I think matter, but then it occurred to me that it might be even more helpful if I specifically tailor this to the person um, to whom this podcast was recommended. So Carl, this is for you. Uh, thank you, Marlon, for uh, prompting me with this. And Carl, if you listen to this and you think uh, none of it's for you or you're offended uh, at some of the things I'm going to say, my apologies in advance. Um, take it with a grain of salt. Do whatever you want with it. And anyone else listening, uh, well, we'll see how this goes before I say that thing. Um, Okay, so Carl, clearly you have a wealth of experience. You've been doing this longer than I have. You have many more skills than I do. Um, it seems like you're several decades older than me, so I have tremendous respect for the wisdom about life that you have. It does seem that you have accurately identified the problem in your latest post, which is that the interactions you're getting are with fellow woodworkers who, as you said, don't need what you're selling because they're making it themselves. So clearly there's a way that you're using your Instagram page that is not resonating with people who are not already down the same rabbit hole that you are in terms of their passions. And that, as you said, is a problem. There's some tactical things that you can do and then there's some strategic things that you can do I'm trying to decide which to do first. Let's go with tactical. Okay, first thing. Um, your photos need to be more eye-catching. And partly this might be a matter of, well, it's not entirely, but one thing that will help would be upgrading your phone. Uh, it doesn't need to be a fancy iPhone, but phone uh, camera technology increases leaps and bounds each year. So. I use just cheap Motorola phones, and for $300, I upgraded to a phone with a camera that's about twice as good as my last phone. And instead of it being obviously poorer than the Sony camera that I used last year, it's now at the point where I basically don't bother using my Sony camera. And you can go down a rabbit hole where you get into really high-quality cameras, and that does appear to have an effect on how the algorithm weights you, but that's um, that's beyond the situation right now. I think if you were to upgrade your phone to a new phone that had a quality of camera, sort of the best quality camera that you can get for a couple hundred bucks of a phone now, that would help. But it won't solve the problem of photography entirely because you need to hone your eye 
to what makes an interesting photograph, what makes an eye-catching photograph, especially in such a small thing as a thumbnail uh, in someone's feed or a thumbnail even worse on a sort of an explore page. Your photography needs to become a lot simpler and, and more eye-catching. So the best exercise I could give you, I think, would be to go to a hashtag like spoon carving or chair making and look at the top posts and try to analyze, okay, why is this photo doing well? Why is it eye-catching? And don't focus on the fact that probably it's doing well because as somebody with a, a large following, there's a chicken and egg thing here. If you just tell yourself, well, it's doing well because it has a large following, no. That person has a large following because their photography is good. I know people who, you know, as far as crafts people, they're not the best, but they are some of the best in terms of photography. And that's, in some ways, the variable of success here, is how good you are at photography. Now, you don't need to go get yourself a fancy camera and study up, but I do think that doing this exercise, and so many of the things that you are trying to take a photo of, I could probably walk into your life and take photos that would get you 10 times more attention because it's just a matter of framing in tighter. It's a matter of getting a better lighting situation. It's a matter of taking a detail shot instead of a panned out shot. It's a matter of, uh, well, so then, so then we get into the question of sort of what to photograph. And I think if you're trying to attract people to buy what you're selling, then what you need to show them is that you are making something that is aspirational to them, that, is, that would bring them joy to have in their life. So if you're making something, show us the, the beautiful photo of your finished thing. There's a reason that the inside of my workshop walls are painted white so that I can hold up a spoon and easily take a photograph of it and everything looks better against a white backdrop. You need the equivalent of that white backdrop in your feed. It doesn't have to be white. Some people do black. Some people do gray. It just, you know, it doesn't matter specifically, although white is certainly easiest in terms of photography. But you need a way to take photos of the things that you make in such a way that somebody would say, wow, I want that. And you don't have that right now. And so there's no proof of concept of why somebody should buy from you. Now let's not put the cart before the horse here. You're gonna have to build up more social credit through having a larger following before somebody's gonna wanna spend money, the kind of money that you're probably gonna want for your work before somebody's going to spend money buying from you, you're going to need more than the couple hundred followers that you have now. And so you're going to have to put in some time documenting your life in a, in a better way than you're doing now to build up a base of people who find it valuable to follow you. Now, why are they going to follow you? The photos are going to catch their eye. But the reason they're going to follow you is because of the, the words that you write and the spirit that that conveys about you and who you are as a person. Now, you're already doing some of this to some extent 
the post you have about the prism you put in the window when your kid was younger. It's a great post in, in its sentiment, right? It gives us a sense of you as a person, of your life, of the scope of your life and the things that matter to you. And we, we need some of that in your feed. Here's what happens. Somebody's eye is caught by a glamorous photo of a chair you make or the, some in-process moment on an Explore feed or Instagram serves it up as like, hey, you might check this person out. They then go to your feed. And if your feed, when they look at it, is an interesting mix of beautiful photos of your work and equally compelling photos of your life, which I recognize can be hard, but can be done, uh, they're gonna wanna follow you. And your life doesn't have to be like, you don't have to share more of your life than you want. Here's somebody who does it really well, is the Whittlings, David White over in Wales. Every other post is a photo of some like tree leaf or some other thing. So he alternates photos of his work with photos of the natural world. And it's very compelling because it gives you an aesthetic sense of who he is and who, what he cares about. And then his writing, so people will look at your feed, may probably decide to follow you or at least check out your writing by looking at how interesting the visual grid of your first nine images is. And then they're gonna check out your writing. And this is where they're gonna to decide to follow you or not. You have to have something to say. And it's not that what you have to say it has to be the most compelling thing, but it has to be more than just a throwaway one line. And it has to be, uh, you know, probably sort of maxing out how much Instagram will let you write is definitely too much. And uh, you need to, every day at least, preferably several times a day, you need to be sharing stuff. And what I would recommend is go back through my feed and read all the stuff and imbibe in your body the sense of flow that that creates because it's not an accident what I talk about and what I share in terms of images. It is, it is, it is somewhat accidental in the sense that I sort of take it as I can and, you know, I don't have it laid out in some sort of plan, but I am following an intuitive sense that's been built up from years of doing this, of what do I want to talk about? What do I feel like is valuable to talk about? What will other people find interesting? And uh, how do I maintain the visual sense of things? Hold on, I gotta take a photo. So this is an example of me well, I don't think I'll necessarily use it, but of me capturing a moment. That's the other thing you got to get good at is stopping and capturing a moment when you see it. Now, it seems like your photography is already there, kind of, in terms of you capturing moments as you see them. Now work on your writing. You want to give, your, give people a sense of... A sense of you that is true and honest and authentic but doesn't share so much that they're turned off and because it feels too personal uh, there's a balance to all these things and I would look around at different successful accounts who especially accounts who seem like they're doing well successfully actually selling things to people 
this is the thing is that it's it is possible to have an account that does really well uh, that doesn't actually have a successful business behind it. But that's not the camp that you're in. You're in the camp stuck in the camp of the many, many, many people who have accounts where they just want to share the thing that they've made and get some social approval from their peers. But it seems clear that you want your feed to do more than that for you. So this is how you do it. You up your photography. You start being thoughtful about uh, about what you post and when. You start putting more into the writing. And in general, the things you want to share are things that are educational to people, some detail of what you're doing with a process shot is always great. Seems like you have a lot to give in that regard. Um, you want to share some part of the journey and that can be inspirational or hard, depending on sort of how vulnerable it's appropriate for you to be in the moment. And, or you can be entertaining by posting something that's funny. You know, so for instance, the photo of your cat on a, on a, who's sort of acting like it's cold when you're wearing a t-shirt in your shop, there is a way to play that up where it's funnier, where it's sort of a better portrait of your cat, maybe frame in more, don't have to show the whole context, and then, you know, word it differently. So, you know, you're sort of playing off a cat's desire to sort of always be in the warmest place against your own, you know, non-catness or something like that. I can't do it for you, but the point is you, you clearly are already catching on to these moments. You need to do it better. And this gets me to the larger strategy. All of these things are the tactics to making yourself better. And the, the larger strategy is you need to stand out from the crowd. Your work needs to be better than most. Doesn't need to be at the absolute pinnacle but it needs to be better than most so that people see you as someone to turn to for information, someone who is worth the price um, because your customers, I suspect, are gonna fall into two camps. They're gonna be either fellow craftspeople who come to want what you're offering because you are so good or so known. Wow, I need to take a photo of this. The snow just got more intense. Wow, and more intense still, interesting. Um, so either that's gonna be fellow craftspeople who decide, you know what? I wanna buy a chair from this guy because you know, I just wanna have a chair from this guy. Or they're gonna be people who are not craftspeople who uh, are going to resonate with what you are offering and are going to value having you in their lives as somebody that they follow along. So you need to share your life in a way that somebody likes having you in it. Not just in a chair in their house or a spoon in their house, but, but as a presence on their phone that they enjoy seeing what they're up to. So when you use social media, that's what you're signing up for is you're signing up for building a reputation with your peers that matters, and you're also signing up for 
sharing your life in a way that other people are, are, are grateful to continue having you in it. Um, and to some extent, you've got to be prepared to do this from here on out. So clearly you need to find a way to do all this where it actually feels valuable for you, which is why I also use my Instagram to capture personal moments and share personal stuff because for me, my Instagram is a valuable journal of my life that I'm grateful to have had and I'm grateful to have had the reason to capture those images and the reason to capture those thoughts. Otherwise I wouldn't have them and time would have passed without me uh, paying as much attention as I pay attention now. So it's a valuable thing to have that kind of prompt and not something to shy away from because it's, you know, an ongoing thing that you've got to do. There are plenty of things in life that are ongoing that you've got to do. And if you want to reap the benefit of using social media to have the kind of freedom to do the work you want to do, you, this is, this is, a you only get it by doing the work again and again and again and again. And so you need to post every day and you need to challenge yourself to take better photos every day, challenge yourself to write every day. And it doesn't need to be your best work every day, but it, you do need to keep putting in the work. Don't paralyze yourself by thinking that the next post you do needs to be the best post you've ever done. But do challenge yourself to do it better as well as you can and to not let your inability to do it perfectly stop you from doing it today because uh, to some extent you just never know when the eyeball is when that person is going to see your work and decide to follow along i'm routinely surprised at how the orders come in on days when i don't think i've really crushed it in terms of you know good posts but it doesn't matter because there's a system that you know is providing something that people find valuable day after day regardless of whether the quality is always improving in aggregate it is always improving but i you know it's not so obvious to me that it's improving every single post so then there's the question of Okay, so I think it's possible to, well, it's probably strategically advantageous to try and build up your career in both avenues, both towards your peers and towards uh, non-peers who are also customers. Um, and the way that you build it up towards your peers is to do stuff that other people aren't willing to do. So start a festival that other people aren't willing to do. Start a, you know, write a blog that other people aren't doing. I started a magazine. I have this podcast. You know, not all of them are as popular as others, but doing the thing that other people aren't doing, putting in the effort that other people aren't willing to put in, using your unique combination of skills to bring something extra to the table that other people aren't bringing is the way that you uh, reach a place um, of recognition Huh? Amongst your peers. Sorry, I just had to wipe off my phone because it was getting wet. Um, and that 
that aware it can feel frustrating because that awareness won't necessarily play out with the other customers but but you want to be sort of pushing in both directions at once because you never know quite what's going to work out and it's better to have both work out halfway and have both of them than to have only one work out halfway uh all right now let's get down to sort of what you're actually let's talk about the what you're making it's unclear to me what you're making um looking at your feed it's like you do some chairs you do some it's unclear to me whether you carve spoons you need to have a you need to sort of decide what you're focusing on and have your feed be that have your identity be that it's okay to change it over time um but it needs to be much clearer to people what they're following you for um instead of sort of being a messy mix of all the things that you're interested in don't share all the things that you're interested in i don't share all the things i'm interested in i found that that is not helpful and at the same time i don't want to just share the only the one thing that i do but it does need to be like 50 percent of what you share it needs to be clear to people what it is that their your identity in their mind needs to be clear it seems like there's also some tactical things you can do like uh clean up your workbench Make your workbench as, as absolutely clean as you can, because in part it needs to be aspirational. Now, a picture of your messy workbench does elicit chuckles from other people who also have messy workbenches, but it doesn't elicit mm, respect. It doesn't elicit, uh, they might respect you as, as a sort of fellow person with a messy workbench, but it's not the respect that makes them want to buy something from you. You need to be uh, above that. And to some extent saying, ah, you know, my workbench is so messy, occasionally is fine as a way of demonstrating that you know you're not some inhuman uh automaton who just sort of operates in an always clean perfect world because none of us do that and i think it's valuable to show that but by and large you need to be operating at a level that is aspirational for other people because that's what's going to make them want to buy from you um and so i would say uh Clean up your act uh, in terms of sort of what you're what you're sharing and, and how and, and to the extent possible be thoughtful about how uh, you can set up your life and your space in with within your life to make photography easier. One of the things that building my workshop up on the hill afforded me the, the chance to do was to make a space for photography that was visually appealing and eye-catching without having to do as much work but i sort of maintain the space as a pretty minimal space partly because that's how i like to work but largely because i recognized that one of the things that was holding me back was that i didn't have a space that sort of felt that was that was easy to photograph that felt clean and open in that way it's it's that phenomenon of you know, you always feel like you look fatter on the camera than you feel in your body. You know, the camera puts on 15 pounds on you is the saying. And the same is true of houses uh, or spaces that the, the more... Um, if you've ever seen a, a, an example of like how much stuff people remove from a house when they are staging the house for photographs, like for a magazine, 
I remember seeing a thing where they panned around from the view they were taking of a living room and showed all the crap they'd piled on the other side of the camera to just get it out of the way. And there's a reason they do that is because the, the camera shows everything and our mind filters things out. So the way it feels to your mind to look at your workbench when you're focused in on your work is not the way that the photo feels. The way the photo feels is all of a sudden you're seeing all the stuff. And that's not, um, we don't want that. We want to believe that, we want to daydream about what it would be like to not be surrounded by our messes. So you need to provide that to people if you want to gain the kind of attention that that, that aspiration provides. Okay. I think that if you were to commit yourself to, I, d I didn't actually look to see if you're posting every day. Post every day, do a bunch of poking around on, on different hashtags at the top posts, look through my feed, look through other people's feeds who clearly seem like they're making it work out and do some really thoughtful stuff about, do some thinking about what you could share from your life. I, I save images. Whenever somebody takes a photograph and I'm like, well, that's an interesting angle to take it from, I save it. And I rarely go back and look at my album of saved images, but just the, the, the fact of taking this, that extra second to save it, I feel like puts it into my brain as like, oh, you should think outside the box like this. This was a really good idea and I haven't seen this, you know? You should, you should consider taking a photo like this. Um, I would really recommend that you do that. And then I would also um, do some thinking about, about what you could write about that would be a little longer and more, a little more personal without going over the line to feeling too personal. Um, and dedicate yourself for the next three months to sharing every day your journey. Um, and if you do something like clean your workbench, do a before and after shot and make sure that you post the after shot first so that it's the aspirational photo that catches people's eye. You know, to, as you make changes, talk about the changes. You don't have to pretend that you're not doing this. You don't have to pretend that you have this all figured out. It's very compelling to be on this journey. People, in my experience, really resonate with it because they're on the same journey too. So to the extent that you are sharing yourself doing the journey and sharing it well and improving, that's a really powerful narrative and not one to run away from or hide. Uh, and then I think, you know, once you have the sort of social media habit, the, the discipline and the, and you've, and you've upped your game, I think the other thing to focus on is making sure that you are doing work that you can photograph and talk about each day. It doesn't need to be a finished thing, but being able to, uh, making sure that you're taking the time to, to document work as you're doing it so that nothing is, um, no opportunity for a photograph is wasted is super valuable, especially I mean, once you get to the point where you have more work than you need, fine, do whatever you want. But especially when you're at a point where perhaps you, where perhaps you 
want more work. You need to be documenting every piece of work that you're doing and you need to make sure that you're doing work so that you can maintain that momentum. It's all, it's all about momentum. The, the, the post I share about last week's work is what generates the work that I'm booking three months from now. It's a cycle. And if I don't maintain the cycle, then it slowly slows down and stops. Um, and I would say, you know, you could easily put these practices into place. And if you weren't actually doing the work, it wouldn't give you the benefit that you're looking for. You've got to do the work that shows that you are, are someone who people would want to buy from. Now, what if you look at your work and you say, well, you know, it's, it's not up there with that person's. Well, then sell your work for cheaper. Sell your work for whatever price it takes to get it out the door and to get new orders in. Even if that feels like a ridiculously low price, having momentum with your having momentum with your what you're selling by selling it way cheaper than you would like to will give you the momentum to build yourself up to the point where in several years time you can have increased your prices as demand increases to the level that you want to be. But so many people spin their wheels because they see people who are successful, who have put in the time to build a reputation, selling their work for a, a, a price that seems really nice, that seems good, seems high, and they, um, and they uh, tell themselves, well, you know, wow, you know, I could sell my work for that and that would be this amount of money and, that, and then this whole thing will work out, but they don't... The proof is in the pudding. If you have enough work selling your work at a given price that you're happy, great. But if you aren't, lower your prices to generate more demand and keep lowering them until things sell. Um, and I would, I would always value having enough momentum that you almost have more work than you can handle. And, and until you have that point, don't raise your prices and then raise your prices in such a way that you don't knock away that demand but um, you have to be humble enough to recognize that uh, where you are in that cycle. And, and the thing, I, I, I fell into this trap myself. I thought I was, I thought I was good enough to charge certain prices, and I, and I wasn't able to. And it wasn't until I literally cut my prices in half that I reached a point where I was, people wanted to buy what I had to sell. And then it was years building myself up. I'm now back at that price point, but it's been five years. But, you know, instead of being able to sell one or two things at that price point, now I'm fully booked. I have all the work I need. And that's the difference. That's the, you know, I gave up money up front in order to have the momentum down the road. And momentum is what you need. And charging less for your work, I feel like, is also prevents you from devaluing your work and saying, well, it's not as good as so-and-so's work. So, you know, God, what's the point? Because the point is you're selling it for less. Um, and there's something really freeing about placing yourself accurately within that, uh, within that strata, um, because it allows you to work your way up as you improve, um, as, as your work improves. So yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. I gotta go get these kids on the bus. Good luck, man. If you ever want to talk, uh, feel free to reach out in a DM. Um, happy to talk with you. And anyone else listening, um, <laughs> I guess if you would like me to um, ruthlessly tell you what you need to do differently, <laughs> um, feel free to ask for it. And, um, and I'd be happy to do it.
Thanks so much for listening. Talk tomorrow.